0: Welcome to the American Citizens Abroad TaxCast. I'm Michelle, and today I'm chatting with Mary Louise Serrato, Executive Director of ACA, about how the CARES Act stimulus payments and economic support have been working for Americans living and working overseas. Thank you, Mary Louise, for joining us today. Thanks,
1: Michelle. Thanks for having me on the program.
0: What is the first thing ACA did when it heard that the U.S. was considering legislation to help U.S. citizens affected by the COVID-19 lockdown?
1: Well, as you know, ACA is advocating for residence-based taxation. However, for as long as we have the current tax regime, citizenship-based tax regime, our mission is to ensure that Americans overseas are treated equitably. With that in mind, ACA was the first organization representing Americans overseas to advocate to the Congress, the IRS, and the Treasury, stressing that Americans overseas needed to be included in the legislation. We issued a letter on March 23rd, and in that letter we noted that as well as having these taxpayers included in the legislation, there would need to be special consideration for these taxpayers on issues such as filing deadlines, the mechanics of advanced refunds and credits, the need for a U.S. bank account for rebates, loans to small businesses for relief limitations based on adjusted gross income, among other issues. As a result of ACA's efforts and other groups, Americans overseas were made eligible for the recovery rebate payments, or as they are more commonly known now, the economic impact payments, EIP.
0: So once the CARES Act was passed into legislation, what actions did ACA take?
1: Once CARES Act legislation was passed, which happened on March 27th, ACA immediately prepared a memorandum discussing the tax provisions of the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Stimulus Act, or CARES Act. The memorandum was intended to inform Americans overseas and professional advisors, such as tax return preparers and to assist the Treasury Department, the IRS, and the Congress, as they began to really dig into the detailed workings of the provision of the law, and as they begin to turn their efforts to implementation. We also immediately created a page on the website to give the community some practical information on the CARES Act, and we issued regular updates to the community through our website, in member mailings, in our newsletter, and on social media.
0: What issues did you highlight in your memorandum? What problems did ACAC see?
1: So in our memorandum, we noted where some areas of the legislation was going to be problematic for Americans overseas. Notably, the issuance of paper checks for the EIP or the economic impact payments, sometimes also referred to as recovery rebates. With literally a worldwide lockdown, mail service to overseas addresses was going to be an issue if the government intended to send paper checks. We strongly recommended to the IRS and Treasury that they do everything possible to institute a system of direct bank deposit for the payments. We also stressed that the requirement to send a notification of the payment within 15 days of distribution was going to be a problem for the same reason interruption of mail delivery. Even in normal or good circumstances, ACA knows that IRS and Treasury communications to overseas filers is often delayed many times by months. There was really no way the IRS was going to be able to adhere to the 15-day notification period for Americans overseas. Like I said, we continue to stress that direct bank deposit was the best way to handle the payments for americans overseas this could be done quickly and easily for a variety of reasons the irs was not going to be able to deposit into a foreign bank account that we knew the irs doesn't make tax refund deposits into foreign accounts they can only be made into u.s based banks the reason for this we believe is for fraud prevention The IRS can easily verify and trace payments made to U.S. bank accounts if they are done fraudulently or if there are problems, but it's a lot harder to do the same tracing with foreign bank accounts. For Americans overseas, ACA was able to offer a solution for a U.S. bank account, and our solution is the ACA member SDFCU account. This is a U.S.-based bank account that can be applied for online and without the need of a US-based residential address. The challenge for the IRS and Treasury was to find a way for Americans overseas to get this US banking information to the IRS in order for them to make the deposits. We offered some suggestions on how this might be accomplished. We suggested the filing of an all zero return, which could simply be filed, and provide no actual tax information, thus the name All-Zero, but the filing would include U.S. bank account information. This is similar to what the IRS and Treasury used in 2008 for the delivery of the economic stimulus package post the banking and financial crisis.
0: You mentioned that the IRS does not make direct deposits into foreign bank accounts, except for those receiving Social Security benefits. Why does it work for Social Security benefits and not for the economic impact payments, the EIP?
1: Good question, Michelle. For Social Security payments, the Social Security Administration provides a portal where an individual sets set up a personal account once they qualify for receiving their Social Security benefits. Individuals are able to verify their identity and provide Social Security with the information as how they want to receive their social security benefits, either mailed by check, or deposited into a foreign bank account, or into a US bank account. Each recipient has their own personal account profile that is password protected, and that they manage, so the fraudulent use of the information is minimized. This type of system does not exist for taxpayers in the same way. Taxpayers can set up an account for payment of their taxes online. For example, their annual tax payments or quarterly estimate tax, but not for receiving refunds. Refunds are handled by providing the IRS with banking information on an individual's tax return, either filed electronically or by mail. The IRS does not have taxpayer accounts where everything can be managed in one place, like Social Security benefits. It probably should, as it would make life much easier for the IRS and for the taxpayer, especially those that live overseas. That said, for the recovery rebates or economic impact payments, Social Security recipients are probably in the best situation because the IRS is processing these payments using the information on file with the Social Security Administration. Most Social Security recipients will see their recovery rebates arrive in the same manner as their Social Security benefit payments.
0: Great for those on Social Security, but how is it working for the rest of the Americans overseas?
1: Well, just to clarify, the Coronavirus Recovery Rebate or Economic Impact Payment, EIP, is technically a credit against 2020 taxes. But the provision treats it as an overpayment for 2019, which will be rebated as soon as possible during
0: 2020.
1: Hopefully that wasn't too confusing. (laughs) So the IRS will go back to the tax return on file, either 2019 or 2018, and calculate the amount of an individual's EIP based on the income reported as it relates to the thresholds for eligibility. The thresholds are posted on the IRS website for the CARES Act, but basically the thresholds are $150,000 for joint filers, $112,500 for head of household, and $75,000 for individuals, with a $1,200 rebate for individuals and a $2,400 rebate for joint filers, as well as an additional $500 rebate per dependent child. However, I suggest that individuals look at the IRS published data on who is eligible, which you can include in your show notes. For individuals who at the time the determination of the EIP is made have not filed a tax return for 2019, then the 2018 filing will be used to determine the amount of the EIP. You have to have filed a tax return in order to qualify for the payments, the exception being for those who are legitimate non-filers fall below the filing threshold, or are only receiving social security benefits. Individuals who have filed either a 2018 or 2019 tax return will receive their EIP via direct bank deposit only if they indicated their banking information on their tax return. So anyone who filed a 2018 or 2019 return and was due a refund and requested to receive that refund through direct bank deposit will also receive the recovery rebate the same way. Again, the problem here is for those who may have filed a return or not due a refund, therefore there's no banking information on file for the IRS or Treasury to make the payment. For individuals who have not provided banking information, the IRS will use the last known address on file to mail them the economic impact payment. In our memorandum and in conversations with the IRS, we suggested that they provide a way for all individuals to get direct bank deposit information quickly to the IRS, as this would facilitate the processing of the payments for Americans overseas, and for all taxpayers for that matter, As mentioned earlier, ACA suggested the use of the all zero return, which was used in 2008 to deliver stimulus payments or the development of an online tool to provide that information. Use of the all zero return was also hinted at by Treasury early on with consideration in the CARES Act. But for some reason, they decided not to go that route.
0: So the IRS seemed to not have picked up on the all zero suggestion but did respond by launching the Get My Payment online platform in early April, right?
1: Yes. Shortly after our discussions with the IRS, they announced the launch of the Get My Payment online registration tool. Initially, the tool was designed for individuals to be able to track their recovery rebates. By inputting your personal information, your social security number, your address, you could see the status of your payment. It was then further designed to allow for the input of U.S. bank account information so individuals could get their recovery rebates directly deposited into their bank accounts. Unfortunately, Get My Payment experienced a really bumpy takeoff for everyone, not just Americans overseas. The first problem for overseas taxpayers was with the input of foreign addresses. Reports into ACA indicated that many individuals were receiving error messages when they inputted their foreign addresses. It appeared that the tool could not read a foreign address, or that the address needed to be formatted in a US fashion, even though it was foreign, house number first, for example. Also, the address information had to match exactly what was on an individual's tax return or last tax return. But for some individuals, even when they inputted everything exactly as it appeared on their last tax return, there were still glitches. In our conversations with the IRS, we advised them of this, and they worked on correcting the problem. It took about three weeks for the foreign address field to begin working properly. This was a really welcomed correction for the overseas community and for us at ACA, because they clearly heard our concerns. Unfortunately, at the same time as they fixed the problem, the IRS set a firm deadline for providing US banking information, which gave overseas Americans very little time, essentially three days to provide the IRS with their banking information.
0: What are you hearing now from the overseas community? Are individuals receiving the recovery rebates? What other problems has ACA heard of?
1: Good question we're hearing lots we're hearing that individuals in a wide range of countries are receiving their recovery rebates some by bank positive others by physical checks this is good news however there are still issues and some individuals have been waiting weeks and even months for their recovery rebates and some are still getting error messages when using the get my payment to check on their eip This, however, is not specific to just overseas Americans. It's happening stateside as well. The IRS has delivered over 160 million in recovery payments. With all large-scale stimulus programs like this, there are bound to be delays and glitches, unfortunately. There is also the issue of mail delivery delays, and in some cases, complete shutdown of delivery to certain countries. Some of the mail shutdowns are a result of foreign government actions, and some are coming from the US side. There's a USPS website where individuals can check to see if mail delivery in the country where they are living has been suspended, and what alternates may exist for mail delivery. Hopefully you can add that in your show notes. A problem we see on the horizon that we have already advised the IRS about is the decision to issue debit cards for many of the recovery rebates. Debit cards may work well for citizens living in the US, but will not work for those living overseas. For sure, one of the things ACA sees with this experience is how well equipped the IRS systems are for dealing with overseas taxpayers. The delay time for correcting the problems with get my payment to work with a foreign address should not have been an issue if you have a tax regime of citizenship-based taxation. Taxpayers should have a way to easily administer their tax obligations from outside the country. That's the very least that can be expected. We are still hearing of individuals who have been unable to get a status update on where their recovery rebate is, and some continue to receive error messages when using the Get My Payment tool. We have also heard of individuals who normally receive their Social Security benefits via direct deposit, but have received their recovery rebate via check. Certainly, there is a glitch in the system there. This shouldn't be happening. The IRS has added more operators for their 800 number to help answer questions and update individuals on the status of their EIP. However, for overseas, filers generally cannot access an 800 number, so they will need to call the US-based number, which you can provide in your show notes, and it's unfortunately not a free call. Wait times can be long, however, we have heard from some individuals who have been able to get through and they have been successful in getting updates on the status of their payments, and some have even been able to provide an updated address. That's another problem I forgot to mention. Address change information is provided by submitting a paper form, Form 8822, and this normally takes about a month to process. So, you can already see the problem for overseas Americans in getting this information to the IRS on a timely basis. In particular, with so many offices of the IRS closed for business due to the shutdown, the office closures were also an issue for those expecting the IRS to use their 2019 tax filing for calculation and delivery of their recovery rebate. If an individual had not filed electronically and submitted the return by mail, it was likely that it had not been seen. Also concerning to ACA was the fact that individuals who normally file jointly, where one individual is a U.S. citizen with a Social Security number and the spouse or partner is not a U.S. citizen and only has an ITIN, an Individual Taxpayer Identification Number, they are disqualified from receiving the recovery rebate. To be eligible for the rebate, individuals filing must have social security numbers. Again, we speculate that the IRS has done this for fraud prevention, but it's locking out many who are eligible for the EIP stimulus payments and who need the stimulus. ACA is making a list of the problems encountered by overseas taxpayers, which we believe will actually help us with our advocacy work for residency-based taxation. And one final point, it has been clearly established that individuals will not have to repay the CARES Act Act recovery rebate. And interestingly, money received can also be used to fund a charitable donation. In a sense, these monies do double duty. They are tax-free. Also, if a charitable donation is made, it can be deducted following normal rules and therefore provide a tax benefit. Also, receipt of the payment does not adversely affect the computation of the foreign earned income credit.
0: That's interesting, but how can these problems help with RBT?
1: Well, for one thing, they highlight the inherent inequities in the system. As I mentioned before, if you're going to have a system that taxes individuals based on citizenship criteria, then you need to ensure that all your citizens can easily access the system to comply. This means acknowledging that you have citizens filing from all corners of the world. Understanding that because tax filings are time-sensitive with deadlines, then there should be a robust electronic system in place for taxpayers to manage their affairs. It's shocking, actually, that the IRS doesn't have such a system in place for overseas filers. There certainly is a way to manage this and address fraud and privacy concerns at the same time. If taxpayers are going to be taxed on their income earned overseas, and choosing filing options that help them to optimize their tax filing, then it's unfair to provide them with a method of filing jointly with a spouse providing an ITIN and then disqualifying them for relief based on the same criteria. It's it's just not fair. Another problem area has been the relief for small businesses. As you might remember, with passage of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, TCJA in 2017, U.S. businesses overseas, be they large or small, fell under the regulations and provisions of the transition tax and guilty regimes. Without going into the details here, safe to say that a small independent consultant in Argentina or an owner of a yoga studio in Paris or a coffee house in Amsterdam was suddenly treated like a large multinational and expected to pay a one-time deemed repatriation tax. The law was intended to address large u.s. multinationals that were offshoring profits to reduce their tax bill not for small businesses that were saving their profits to invest in a new industrial coffee machine for their restaurant or new yoga mats for their studio now with the cares act the relief funding locks out these small businesses under the provisions of the cares act The SBA, or the Small Business Administration, administered loans, and the Paycheck Protection Provision, the PPP, are for businesses located within the 50 states.
0: Very interesting. How exactly will ACA be using these experiences in a practical way?
1: Good question, Michelle. The first step will be to outline them in writing to the offices responsible. ACA will all be going back to our own corral, as we like to say, of representatives in Congress and keeping them updated and garnering their support for holding hearings. Hearings are key to advancing on legislative change, as we have seen over the past years with things like FATCA, the passport revocation provision, transition tax and guilty regimes coming out of TCJA and now the CARES Act. It isn't just about asking for legislative change. It's about understanding the problems so we can ask for the right legislative or regulatory changes. Congress needs to understand the problems. They need testimonies from the organizations and individuals who are affected. ACA's work, our development of legislative and regulatory corrections, our side-by-side roadmap, as I like to call it, where we've taken current tax policy and sat it next to potential corrective residence-based taxation measures, our research on overseas taxpayers and their income and investment profile, all these need to be put on record with the Congress and administration. Hearings are the official way to make this happen. ACA, we just can't stress this enough, everyone, and I mean everyone who is affected by overseas U.S. tax policy should support the call for hearings. The experiences of the CARES Act is only going to add to this ever growing list of problems that can only further help us highlight why legislative change is so important.
0: On that note, how can individuals help?
1: Great question, Michelle. Join our write in campaign. That's the first thing I tell everyone to do. ACA has had nearly 15,000 messages go into congressional offices and into the House Ways and Means Select Revenue Committee asking that they hold hearings. The House Ways and Means Select Revenue Committee is the tax writing committee. That's the committee that needs to hear about the problems. Everyone needs to join this campaign. The more voices into these offices, the easier it becomes to make hearings a reality. Beauty of our campaign is that you are writing to your representative in Congress and to the offices that can affect policy change. Individuals don't have to look up email address addresses, figure out who sits on what committees, the writing campaign does it all for you. You just need to input your voting address, the US address that you use to register to vote, and we bring up the names. We do all the work for you. ACA is adding more writing campaigns to our platform. In fact, we have just launched the Voice Your Vote campaign, where individuals can write to incumbents and challengers asking them where they stand on their issues. Everyone listening to this webcast should immediately go to the ACA website, find those two campaigns, and join our efforts. Better yet, join ACA and become a member if you aren't already one.
0: Thank you, Mary Louise, for taking the time to chat today. The American Citizens Abroad TaxCast is edited and produced by me, Michelle, and is a product of American Citizens Abroad. It is published at the end of each month. You can get in touch with us at podcast at americansabroad.org. Remember to give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts so other Americans living abroad can find us.